You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. friends and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we look to make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. We are in the middle of our St. Teresa of Avila series, going through the interior castle. But this week, I want to take a break from that series and talk about something else, namely humility, perspective, and grace which I learned through Edwin Abbott's book, Flatland. And I think there's just so much that is applicable in this book to life today, honestly, to life in all places and times. But what's amazing about this book is it was written back in the late 1800s. And so the things he's talking about really do apply at all times. I think they just get to the root of who we are as human beings. And I think really teach us something about making space for God in our lives and making space for others. So I want to just give you a brief overview of the book and then talk about some of the things I learned from it, because it's one of those books that stuck with me for a really long time. And even though it's a short book and even though it's a fiction book, it has really shaped me. And so this book is about this two-dimensional being, a square. Now, this square lives in a two-dimensional world. So all that this being has, because it's flat land, right? Imagine drawing a square on a piece of paper, but there's no height to the square. Literally, all that exists is that piece of paper. So it can move up the page or to the side or diagonal, but it can't go below the page or above the page. It literally exists in two-dimensional space. There's not a third dimension like what we experience as human beings. Now, it's about this square going on this journey, essentially, and teaching other two-dimensional beings um, about other dimensions that exist. So, for example, this two-dimensional being can, can sort of easily picture what it would be like to be in one dimension. So this square can picture what it's like to be a line. And in fact, it visits the world of lines where all beings are just literally a line in front of a line in front of a line. So think of like a, a rope stretched out over a long distance, but it has no height to it. It's literally just, again, draw a single line across the paper. The line has nothing above it, nothing below it, nothing to the side, nothing to the left or the right. There's literally just one point after another lines and one long line. And what's interesting is the square comes to this one dimensional world and tries to teach these one dimensional beings, this or, or one of them about the two dimensional world. And the being just can't understand it because all it knows is a line. It's like, well, there's something in front of my line and something in back, but what do you mean to go up or to the side? It can't quite grasp it. And the square can get it because it's two dimensions. But then the book gets really interesting when a third dimensional being comes into the world of this two-dimensional square. So here is something like a cube or a sphere, something that doesn't just isn't just drawn on the paper. You know, like you could draw a circle on a piece of paper, that would be two dimensions, but place a ball on top of it, and that's three dimensions. Now, this two-dimensional being that could previously understand line world and, you know, couldn't get how the the one-dimensional being couldn't understand the fact that there's other dimensions, he can't understand how there could be a third dimension. So this third-dimensional being is playing tricks on him and showing him, like, look, I'm looking down on you, like looking down at a piece of paper. So I can see everything because I have height to me. 
ultimately the square ends up believing in this third dimension and becomes something of an evangelist for it. And actually at the end of the book gets put in jail for teaching about a third dimension, which I think is a pretty interesting commentary about people who sort of teach or start talking about things out of the box or different than what others have experienced. But that's kind of for another time. Now I share all of this because this book is one of those books that sort of helped me conceptualize and other people who taught me about it, the fact that perspective really matters. That when you can only imagine something in two dimensions, it's hard to imagine what something could be from a different angle or from a three dimensions until someone can really show it to you. And, and even then, you know, we have scientists now who even in our own world talk about, you know, the fourth dimension being time. And there may actually be upwards of 10 dimensions. All of this to say that our world is really complicated. That we are born and raised and experience the world through our perspective, through our eyes, right? So we, we experience this person, our parents, a stranger, a neighbor. We have experiences that we remember that help us to understand the world, to categorize the world, to sort of, it gives us a lens, if you will. Like if you were to put on glasses, which are lenses, right? You could put on colored lenses and it'll color everything. Well, each and every one of us has a lens through which we see the world. It literally colors the world. And, and, and this lens is built by our experiences and our beliefs, the things we've done, the things that have been done to us, that have happened to us. And like a two-dimensional being trying to understand a three-dimensional world, it's easy to, to think that our perspective is the right one and that someone else's perspective either couldn't be or must be wrong because they just don't see it as we see it, right? I mean, pick up a pen, for example. Well, look at it from the side. Is the pen a rectangle? Is it a circle? Is it a cylinder? Well, if you're looking at it longwise, it sure looks like a rectangle in two dimensions until you sort of turn it and realize that you're actually holding a cylinder. And if you look at the end of it, it's actually a circle. So depending on the angle at which you view the pen, you can literally define it in different ways. And so in our world, it's so easy to think that our perspective is the right one and that people need to make more space for our perspective because we've got it and if they could just see it through our eyes. But one of the things I realized is that as human beings, we are created to be finite. You know, a two-dimensional being has trouble understanding three dimensions, just like a one-dimensional being has difficulty understanding two dimensions. And I think of a, of a Bible verse like Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, that's where God says in the ESV, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sort of like a three-dimensional being looking down on the two and saying, you know, I can see everything that you can't see because I have a height that you don't have. And, and when it comes to God, there, there's, there's so many things that we don't grasp. I mean, even God in God's self, we call God a trinity, yet how can one be three and three be in one? And uh, how did God become a human being and experience what human beings experience and then resurrect and Ultimately, language fails us because it's just our perspective. We're, we're using words to describe God 
But those words are not God, right? They are just a signpost. They point us to God, but they are not quite God. And so when a two-dimensional square in flatland tries to understand space, he can only use the language with which he understands. But there's actually so much more to the world, other perspectives of other beings. You know, I'm reminded of there's this scientific uh, experiment with light where it passes through a, a, um, a little hole through a gate. And scientists have tried to determine whether light is a particle or a wave because it functions like both. And what's amazing is that light, based on whether it's observed by humans or not observed, acts differently. As if light has a brain and knows that it's being observed. And, and we look at something like this and, and it's hard for us to grasp. And that's just one example of things in the world that we don't fully understand. And so for me, over the last you know decade or so, as I think about Flatland and I think about science and I think about God, I'm humbled. I'm humbled because I realize just how little I really understand, how limited my perspective is. And what this has invited me to is to realize that the only way I go about my day doing anything meaningful or anything that might be true is by God's grace. That God's ways are so much higher, that God sees so much better. I'm like that two-dimensional being that just needs to trust. Now, I'm not saying that there is no truth, right? There, there is truth, and I believe we can, we can know it to a certain extent, but even within that truth, I'm coming to realize the importance of holding what we know to be true with humility. Because how many times in our lives have we held a belief for a really long time just to realize 10 or 20 years later that we were wrong? That we knew we were right <laughs> until we didn't. Until someone helped us see from a different angle. We thought the pen was a rectangle until someone showed us that it was a cylinder or a circle. You know, I think a, a significant event in my own life was when I lived in the Middle East and I saw the lives of people who lived in such different circumstances because of their skin color, nationality, religion, whatever it might have been, the injustice, the oppression, the, the narratives and stories that people were told that made them think one way about the world and they had no other way to operate and then I realized that the same is true of me. I've been told a story in America about Israelis and about Palestinians. And that's the story I operate out of because it's the story I've been told. Except there's people in the world that have been told the opposite story. And the humbling aspect is to realize that there's parts of my story that are right. And there's parts that are wrong. Just like there's parts of the stories that others live that are right. And part that's wrong. And the invitation of Flatland, I think, and ultimately, I even think the invitation of Jesus is to say, realize that the story you have is not the whole story. This is why we're told so frequently not to judge others, not to get revenge, to leave it up to God. Why? Because we don't have the whole picture. We don't have the whole story. This is why Jesus says, oh, it's so dangerous to judge someone else when you've got a log in your own eye. Why? You can't see them fully. And each and every one of us has these things that block us from seeing the full picture. 
think this is an invitation to humility, which gives us perspective to say, we can learn from anybody. This doesn't mean everybody's right on everything, but it is to say we can grow by interacting with others. We can honor and respect other people in a way where even if we're not affirming them, we can realize that they have something to teach us. It also, for me, has brought up the, the, the important point that it isn't my job to change anybody. And I think that's really important in these times as we're having conversations, especially in America, around justice and around the pandemic that we're experiencing. And just in our world in general, I've just come to realize that really we're like the blind man in John chapter 9 where Jesus heals this man and the religious leaders want him to answer all these questions and he just keeps returning to, I was blind and now I see. And my sight does not come, and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't specifically say this, uh, now I'm kind of saying this, that our sight doesn't come because of something we did. The blind man receives his sight purely by the grace of God. And each and every one of us, the truth that we do have is merely by the grace of God. And that ought, to, that ought to humble us to an infinite degree to realize that there are things we are totally wrong on and the things that we are right on are only because of God's grace. And that means that even if someone else is wrong about something, one, it's possible they're right and you're wrong. Two, if they are wrong, it's not your job to judge and you can't change them. Our job is just to say, I was blind and now I see. The rest is all in God's hands. I feel like we so easily get stuck in flatland where we think we've got the whole world figured out and really we're one-dimensional or two-dimensional beings and there's so much more out there. So I don't know what all this might mean for you, friends, but I know for me it's been an invitation to be kinder and gentler and more loving to be more curious that even if someone disagrees with me on absolutely everything, I can still enter into a relationship with them and they still have something to teach me. That I can love them and entrust them to God. This also opens us to more of a trust in the Holy Spirit to say, God, you know, the, to the best of my desire, I desire to do your will. But even in that desire, I fumble and I mess up. So may you continue to pour mercy and grace on me, continue to bless me with wisdom, continue to guide me. And when our life is completely dependent upon God in that way, when we realize that every step must be by God's direction, because otherwise we're going to do it wrong, man, that allows us to be so much more loving toward others when they make mistakes or when they just don't get it. We can just realize that really none of us get it. <laughs> so friends, I think my invitation in all of this, it's an invitation even to myself is, yes, live in truth, seek after it, grasp onto it wherever we can find it, but do so, my friends, realizing that we have a very limited perspective that we ought to live humbly, recognizing that it's all dependent on God and that we live fully by grace and we can therefore extend grace to others. And we can pray that if we are one-dimensional beings, God can lead us to two. And when we're two, that God can lead us to three. And when we're three, God can lead us to four. And I don't think it's ever going to end, friends, because God is so far above and beyond. We will always be humbled by the fact that there is more to go, that there is more to explore, that we're never gonna have the answers and how freeing is that my friends 
Brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so glad I got to share with you just a few thoughts that have been rattling around in my brain over the years. I do recommend going and reading Flatland. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We are starting to do a lot more on YouTube, so go subscribe there. And until next time, friends, grace and peace be with you.